0: God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Greg Bacchus, your host. Jesus Christ is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John chapter 14 verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when He lived and walked among people. And He makes a difference today because He was raised from the dead and is seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your Heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day circumstances of life. God's love for you, it knows no bounds. Today we will hear some wonderful music, we'll read some of the Bible together regarding you and I being a living sacrifice, And our interview segment is with Gary and Rosie Brosson. Rosie is the author of Praying for Healing While Planning a Funeral, A Miraculous Story of Hope. This book tells the story of Gary's healing deliverance from lung cancer. It's an interview I believe will greatly inspire you. Let's start off with This is Where the Healing Begins by 10th Avenue North.
1: You had to keep this up All the work that you do So we think that you're good And you can't believe it's not enough All the walls you build up Are just glass on the outside Your walls fall
0: past several weeks in the teaching segment we have looked at God's love and many of the great spiritual blessings he has given each of us. Today I'd like to take a look at some of what our response to God's love is to be as detailed in the book of Romans chapter 12. We'll start out here in Romans chapter 12 verse 1. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable or logical service. And be not conformed, verse 2, to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here in verse 1 of Romans chapter 12, the The word beseech is to lovingly request or implore by means of the mercies of God. God is merciful. He withholds the judgment mankind rightly deserve because of his love and his grace which is found through the life of Jesus Christ. He is requesting here that we present our bodies a living sacrifice. In other words, in light of all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus, now let's you and I, by the freedom of our will, choose to do His will by bringing our lives into alignment with His life. Holy and acceptable, it says here, unto God, which is our reasonable service. We are holy because we have been set apart by God because of the Spirit we have received. We also know from Ephesians chapter 1 that God has already made us accepted in the Beloved and that we are holy and without blame before Him. Now, now we are to live out that holiness and acceptance by God in our day-by-day living. It's our reasonable or logical service. In other words, it's the only proper response, the only right thing to do. God will not take over your freedom of will and force you to do anything. Because we recognize his great love for us, we freely give of our lives in service to him. Let's reread verse 2 here. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but, in contrast, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are to not be conformed or fashioned according to this world. When we put on in our mind by thinking the thoughts and ideas of the world, our lives are then molded or fashioned according to this world. Well, what is it to be molded to this world? To be molded to this world or fashioned to this world is to think and to live according to world wisdom. For the most part, this world is in direct opposition to the truth of God's word. For instance, to believe that you can get to the one true God without Jesus Christ, well, that's to be molded to this world. To think that by your good works you can stand approved before God and receive eternal life that is to be molded to this world. To believe that God is the one who makes people sick as punishment and that he kills people, well, that also is to be molded to this world. There are many, many moral issues in our culture today that are contrary to the truth of God's word. Holding those ideas, holding those thoughts, believing them is to be molded to this world. The great majority of people, well, they don't even know that they're controlled and conformed by this world. Their minds are fashioned by the TV, the movies, by the music they listen to, by the material they read. The words, the ideas, the images presented by the world, that is what is shaping the hearts of unsuspecting souls. But, it says, but... Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. To be transformed here in verse 2 is to be transfigured. It's a change of a very dramatic kind. The word transformed in the Greek text is the word from where we get the English word metamorphosis. If you remember from your high school biology class, Metamorphosis is the process that a caterpillar goes through when it enters the cocoon, and about four weeks later, it emerges as a beautiful butterfly. Just as the lowly caterpillar is transformed into a butterfly, so we too are to be transformed from the fashioning or the molding of this world to a loving, kind, powerful child of God. How are we transformed? It's by the renewing of our minds. What does that mean? Well, it means we put God's word in our mind to the end that our hearts are changed. It's the word that does the change. Remember the word of God, it's a living word. It's not a dead word. It's living. It's powerful. It's energizing. I believe it's in John chapter 17 where Jesus Christ said, that it was alive, the Word of God is alive. We are the ones that have the responsibility to renew our mind. The living Word of God and the Spirit from God, that is what will bring about the transformation. When you combine the two, the living Word of God in the heart of a man or a woman, along with the Spirit of God within that individual which... Is received when you believe that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and have confessed Him as Lord of your life, when you combine the two, the Word and the Spirit, then you have a true transformation. It's important to know God will never take over your freedom of will. God does not control our thinking, God does not control our actions. When we received Holy Spirit at the new birth, we received all that God has to give spiritually in order for us to live a life that is akin or like the life of Jesus Christ when He walked upon the earth. To live that life practically, day by day, we must become transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let's read some more verses here that pertain to being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, let's read verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. The word mind here is thoughts. Let the thoughts be in your thinking which were also in Christ Jesus. In order to do that we must read the Word of God and hold that Word in our thinking. And it's more than just memorizing Scripture. It's building a relationship with your Heavenly Father. It's talking to Him throughout the day and making Him a part of your life. What might we talk to Him about? (laughs) About the promises in His Word that He has given us? About His love? About how great He is, how awesome He is? maybe about the situations that you're dealing with and asking Him how to deal with those situations? That's building that relationship with your Heavenly Father, spending time reading the Word, spending time in prayer, both in the Spirit and with your understanding, and then talking to Him throughout the day about His great truth and about the situations that are going on. God will talk back. He's a very loving, loving, and kind Heavenly Father, and He cares about every aspect of your life. Let's continue on here and look at a couple more verses about being transformed. Verse uh, 24 in Ephesians chapter 4. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. What is the new man? The new man, that is the Christ within you. We are to put that on in our thinking how do we do that we go to the word to see what the word says about what we have in Christ we think what the word says we find our true identity in Christ and then we think and we live and we act accordingly Colossians chapter 3 a couple more wonderful verses here verses 1 through 4 Since you then be risen with Christ, seek, or diligently pursue after, those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Well, what are the things that are above? There are many, but just to name a couple, that your heart would be enlightened to the end that you would know what is the hope of His calling, or what is the riches of the glory of God's inheritance in you or what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is available to you and I when we believe how about making full proof of the ministry that you have been called to those are just a few of the things which are above those are a couple of the things that we could diligently pursue after Verse two, set your affection your thoughts on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, verse 3, and your life is hid with Christ in God. In our identification in the accomplished work of Jesus Christ, we have died with him. Our life, our life today, is now hid with Christ in God. Our life is concealed in Christ, As you come to know the living Christ within, by seeking those things which are above, you will live the supernatural life you are intended to live. Verse 4 in Colossians 3 says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. The Lord Jesus Christ, he shall absolutely return in the fullness of time. At that moment, you shall absolutely appear with him in glory. What a motivation to seek those things which are above. What a tremendous hope we have. Let's continue here in Colossians 3. Let's uh, hop down to verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him, that created him. What is the new man? The new man is the Christ within. We're to put it on in our mind, in our thinking. Have you ever felt like you needed a fresh start in life? I have. (laughs) Well, here it is, right now. Put on the new man, right now. Think the thoughts of who you are in Christ, right now. You control your mind. You control your thinking. You decide what you will think about. Put on the new man. Verse 12 here, still in Colossians 3. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And above all these things, verse 14, put on charity, and that charity is the love of God in the renewed mind, in manifestation. Charity, which is the bond of perfectness. We are to put it on. We are to put it on in our thinking in our heart, and to walk out, and to live it. Verse 15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. What a tremendous way to live. That's just part of the exhortation of our response to the tremendous love that the Father has showed each and every one of us. Let's go back to, to Romans chapter 12. Let's continue on in verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For many people, because of the King James translation here of this verse, which I just read, it's been confusing And this verse has been used to knock people down in the sense that they shouldn't think too highly of themselves, but rather think that they are nothing more than a sinner or a lowly worm. Well, that's not what it's saying. It appears that way in the King James. Literally it's saying, Think about yourself what God thinks about you. Don't think less of yourself than what the Word says, and don't think that you are something great outside of God and His Word, His love, His grace, and His mercy. All of us, we've all received the same Spirit. That Spirit from God is the foundation for all that is available in our walk with the Father, in our service for Him to the world. So that verse 3 is a tremendous verse because it sets the standard. Think within the parameters of God's Word and who God says you are. Let's continue here in Romans 12. The remainder of the chapter goes on to encourage each of us to live our calling in Christ. Verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office or function so we being many are one body in christ and every one members one of another all of us are members of the body of christ and who's the head christ jesus he is the head there should never never be any competition between ministers of god's word god has placed each of us in the body as it has pleased him. I can't be you, and you can't be me. Each within the body are to function within the calling that God has called you to. Why would there ever be any ego, pride, disdain, or jealousy displayed toward a brother or a sister in Christ? It could only be because that person has not been transformed by the renewing of their mind, and they specifically do not recognize their identity in Christ. They have looked at others, and they've been dissatisfied, instead of looking to the Father, living the life of purpose and joy that the Father has called each of us to. Verse 6, here in Romans 12. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of believing, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teaches, on teaching, or he that exhorts, verse 8, on exhortation, he that gives, let him do it with simplicity, he that rules, with diligence, he that shows mercy, with cheerfulness. Where has God called you in the body of Christ? If it's prophecy, then get busy prophesying. If it's a ministry of service to others, then get busy serving. If it's teaching, then start teaching. If it's exhorting and encouraging others, then start exhorting and encouraging others. Don't be negative because maybe you'd rather be doing something else. If it's giving, because God has blessed you with abundance, then give generously. If you've been called to lead or guide others, then do it diligently without partiality or without showing favoritism. If you are called to show mercy towards others, do it with cheerfulness, not grudgingly. Verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. And that word dissimulation is better translated hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Let your love be without hypocrisy. In other words, don't play a part. Be your genuine self, the Christ within. You love because God loves. We don't love because maybe we can get something out of it. And we avoid evil at all costs, and we hold on to that which is good. Verse 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. We are to walk in love toward one another. The love of God covers a multitude of sins. I only know one man that was perfect in the flesh. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God does not gossip regarding the shortcomings of others. Verse 11 Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. We are to work heartily unto the Lord, whether it's in the business of the world or whether it's being about our Father's business. We are to be zealously fervent for the things of the Lord, serving with all of our heart, with all that we've got. Verse 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. We rejoice in the hope of the return of Jesus Christ. We're going to have pressures in this life, yet we remain patient, no matter how intense the pressure, and then we are to be quick to pray, always praying both in the Spirit, by way of speaking in tongues, and with our understanding. I like this verse because you look at how patience in tribulation is sandwiched between rejoicing in hope of the return of Jesus Christ and praying. When the hope and prayer are in the forefront of our lives and our thinking, then we can endure any degree of pressure that might come upon. Verse 13, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. The love of God with the mind of Christ will fully share in fellowship with the saints, hospitable to all of God's family, with no favorites. Verse 14, let's continue reading here through the end of this chapter. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Basically what those verses are saying, we are to have empathy with people. We rejoice when one has a victory, and we comfort and console in times of sorrow. Verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance, or justice, is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20. Therefore if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Now the coals of fire upon the head here is It's not talking about a hurtful thing, but rather it means that you will warm the heart of your enemy by loving them with the love of God. If your enemy hungers, feed him. If he thirsts, give him something to drink. It might warm his heart and bring him around to the truth and the great love of God. Verse 21, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good overcome evil with the love of God in the renewed mind and manifestation. How are we to love? By putting on the mind of Christ and not being conformed to this world. We're transformed from the inside out as we renew our mind by controlling it to think the living Word of God. This world, it's not our home. We represent our Father, Our Father God To this dying world It's the love of the Father That will lead men to repentance And we have the privilege To live with that love
2: My heart is liberated With the realization that I'm saved by grace You never wanted my flesh But you know you have my heart And all of my days Father let my life Be an offering of praise I am a mighty conqueror And a heaven this time. Lord, my heart and my flesh they fail, but you are the strength of my life. I am freed from sin and born again. Each new day a chance to trust you, no longer enslaved. By these worldly chains, O Lord, my freedom is in serving you. No longer enslaved by these worldly chains, O Lord, my freedom is in serving you.
0: Our guests today are Gary and Rosie Brosson. Six months after Gary's 50th birthday, he was diagnosed with an aggressive form of lung cancer. Gary and Rosie knew that it is God's will to heal. Rosie is the author of Praying for Healing While Planning a Funeral, A Miraculous Story of Hope. This book tells the story of Gary's healing deliverance. I'd like to welcome Gary and Rosie Brosson to the Solution Radio Show. Welcome, Gary and Rosie.
3: Hi, Greg. Thank you for having us.
0: Good morning, Greg. It's great to have you with us today. Can you give us an overview of Gary's diagnosis and healing deliverance?
4: Well, my journey began in in late 2010 with a persistent cough, and after several misdiagnoses, I was diagnosed in March of 2011 with stage 3B uh, lung cancer, very aggressive form. You know, Rosie and I were very shocked. By this uh, by this diagnosis, as I was an athlete mm-hmm. and non-smoker all my life, and so today, you know, you know, fast forward four and a half years, I'm considered cured of the disease. In fact, uh, November 9th, 2015, I had my last oncology appointment, and he said to me, my oncologist said to me, he said, "There's no need to ever come back here anymore because you are fully healed."
0: That's wonderful. That's really great. Now, I I finished reading the book yesterday, and I noticed uh, a persistent theme throughout the book, which I think is a a wonderful truth, and that is the power of the spoken word. Can you tell us about your confession of God's word in the situation and how it changed things and affected things? Sure. Uh,
3: You know, I have been traveling... um... With the Lord for a while, and I, I love the word traveling because it, He takes me to new destinations in of Himself all the time. And He had been walking me in the healing ministry for quite some time prior to Gary's diagnosis. And one of the things I had learned um, through through that journey um, into His nature of being a healing God was that so often we pray out of our need and out of our heart, and those are beautiful prayers but praying in the authority of God's Word, actually believing that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, that it is really truly Jesus-born, as John 1-1 talks about, that Jesus is the Word. Mm -hmm. And so it was that confession of the Word, when, when Gary and I were at the end of ourselves and our prayer, to stand in the authority, to really actually look to the Lord and say, you died so that I could be empowered with the Holy Spirit so that you could dwell within me so that heaven can be here on earth. And therefore, all I need to do is what you did when you confronted Satan, is you just said, it is written, mm-hmm. and then you said scripture. So we would say scripture, this is the, the most intriguing part for many people that we've spoken to, they say, yes, we say scripture a couple times a day. And, and for Gary and I, it was 25 times an hour. That was the medicine that um, we took. It helped against anxiety and fear. It also went into, I believe, the cancer of the cancer cells. He had billions of cancer cells in his body. And so the amount of time that we said the word to me was just a continuation of that promoting of his health, but it also helped us stand in faith and retain the authority that God has given us in, you know, in this place and time. He's lent us his word, which is the most amazing, powerful tool that we can have.
4: Throughout my journey, I carried a book with me, uh, the God's Book of Promises. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a section of that book, and it's scripture it, it's it's scripture that dedicated and and focused on healing. And there's probably 25 to 30 scripture verses, because what one thing I found difficult, uh, you know, being very ill, you know, the Bible can be, a, you know. Is a large book. It can be very overwhelming to read. This book just pointed me right to the scripture that I needed for, to, you know, for healing, and that's that's the scripture that I would say over myself repeatedly, uh, day after day after day. And I guess the other thing I'd like to mention in terms of the power of prayer is that, you know, we had we had people praying for me, basically worldwide. Uh, I work at a I work at Seagate Technology, which is a you know, worldwide organization. So, I have contacts in China and India, you know, in in Europe and and you know cer- certainly in the United States. And these people were were praying for me, repetitively. And we we know to this we know that's where the healing came from. That's the medicine that made me well.
0: That's wonderful. Both of you are a great example of confessing the living word because the word has life in and of itself. Jesus Christ made that statement in the Gospels. And you really saw the fruit of that uh, through yeah. your your persistence. And it, but it
3: wasn't easy, Greg. And I think that's the part where we dismiss the battle that we are in on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not always easy. He says to stay alert, um, you know, and and to stay in the fight, finish the race strong. And so I think a lot of times we give up our battle. And the truth is, and I, I'm borrowing this line from somebody. I don't even know who said it, but I remember hearing it. Um, it's not my own. Jesus knows who we are, and Satan knows who we are. We're the only ones that are confused about it. Right. So just standing in the Word of God and the authority he gave us, it's so simple and yet so complicated. It, it just takes a lot of dedication.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, in the book, there's a specific verse, Daniel 3.27, that you mentioned. Can you tell us the story behind that verse?
3: I can. It was. Um, this is one of my favorites through our whole three-and-a-half, four-year journey. This is one of the favorite times that the Lord met me. We had just gone to Dana-Farber. The cancer was proving itself to be extremely aggressive and not um, behaving the way it should or what would be predicted of it. So uh, Dana-Farber was out in Boston, was the place that we went for our second opinion, and I wish I hadn't done this as much as I did because I caused myself a lot of grief. But after we had our oncologist's opinion, Dana-Farmer's opinion, I actually even went to a third oncologist, and they were all, you know, concluded the same thing: this this cancer was terminal, and we had, you know, potentially a year, maybe a year, um, of Gary's life left. Two so, at the most. Two at the very, very most. So, it was after that trip that I came home, and I and I was just I was beside myself. I was trying to stand, and I think also what people take for granted is that doubt in our mind we have so many cases where we don't see healing. And when you have so many medical opinions telling you this is the way it is, to not accept that was, it took everything that I had and a ton of what heaven was willing to give me. So it was a night in the middle of the night. Um, I just woke up in the middle of the night, and I instantly knew that the Lord was there with me. And he just reminded me of Daniel uh, 3 about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And how they had gotten into the fire, and then he said, and, they, um, and you will not smell of smoke.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I thought, I didn't remember that line from that scripture, and it kept on coming up to me as I was in prayer that night in the middle of the night. And so I just accepted that, and I, you know, I asked him a couple times, does that mean Gary lives? Does that mean I'm okay? Does that mean the boys and I will be okay? What does that mean? And I never heard a specific answer on that front, but I kept on hearing, you will not smell of smoke. So I went back to sleep, and in the morning got up and went to... Daniel 3 and um, I think it's 16 through 27 and sure enough the very last line is and they did not smell of smoke so that I used that 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 scripture to help us in the battle as Gary was walking through as we had to we didn't have an instant healing we had to really um, duke it out for Gary's life and I used to that scripture often we will not smell smoke now I didn't know what that meant Um, but I was willing to trust the Lord in it.
0: Can you give us a specific example of how prayer played a part in Gary's healing?
3: There were three times Gary was prayed for in healing, and the first one, um, they each had different significances to us in our journey, but the very first one, we had people come to our home, and they were singing worship songs, and uh, we had some healing oil, and Gary was anointed with oil, and we received communion, and there was... There was a look, I watched Gary be anointed and receive communion, and there was a look in his eye that I feel so blessed to have witnessed. It was pure and complete faith and trust in his Lord and that he was being healed. It was, mm-hmm. it was such a tenderness, and I thought, oh, those, that's the faith of someone who believes that God is walking with them in um, this situation and that he trusts him. Now, it doesn't, we did, again, we still had to wait another three, no, two years probably, two and a half years, before we had the cure diagnosis. And and Gary certainly was going to be sick after that and really struggle with weariness, you know, but healing did come.
0: Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Now, through this entire journey, what's the most encouraging truth that you learned about God in all of this?
4: For me, it was I learned that he's relational, that it, See, I, I grew up thinking that the only time you pray is in the evening, you know, when the lights are off and you're reflecting on your day and and that. I never really learned growing up that you could actually hear God. And through this process and it's in the book, there are several instances where I finally realized that God can talk to you and that you can hear him. You just have to you have to allow it to happen mm-hmm. and and listen for it and so that's one thing that I learned, and the other thing I learned is that he's with you all the time. He's relational. Uh, you, you don't have to wait till the end of the day to reach out to him. You can reach out to him in real time, in, in good times and in bad. You can reach out to him when you're thankful. You can reach out to him when when you when you know there's a crisis in your life and you need and you need help. He's there all the time, and that's that's what I learned is that he's there 24-7, 365, mm-hmm. and that he's relational and that he can be heard. Like I said, I grew up believing a certain way, but I'm also an engineer and I'm a, I'm a tangible guy.
1: Mm-hmm. And
4: I always need to have physical evidence of everything. So that's the one struggle I had for, you know, because Rosie and the boys were ahead in their faith journey. They were, you know, ahead of me. And, of course, this this disease you know, put me on an accelerated course in my faith journey, but I I needed for the, for that for for so many years I needed to have some tangible ch- tangible evidence that that God existed, and you know I finally understood that and, and received that during this illness, and and that he that he can be heard and that he's there with he's there for you all of the time. You
3: know, in God's goodness. And And what he had told us prior to Gary uh, being diagnosed was that he had walked me ahead of Gary for a purpose, and the ter- purpose was was this event. So I was I can't say it was the relational part that surprised me. I think I was surprised by the discipline of our thoughts, conforming our thoughts to Christ, mm. and how depleting they can be. Um, and we give them so much of an, uh, so much stage and so much of an audience um, that really the discipline of our mental frame of mind is essential to, to walking in Christ and to, and to walking a kingdom life here mm-hmm. on earth and, and to, to help others come into the glory of God as well. So I think that's what surprised me the most is I really sat back at the end and went, oh, goodness, Lord, I didn't realize we had a battle like this and and so many times we don't because he does the battling for us. But we do have to walk in obedience and we do have to change our ways, so to speak. So I think I was most surprised at that because I did talk to him all day. I love who God is. I love his nature.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I, I do believe that you can hear him. So it wasn't really as much of that as it was, wow, I need to be more aware of the thoughts I'm thinking.
0: Now, Gary, you just previously mentioned about your boys, and, and something I noticed in the book was your boys' tremendous love for you and and for Rosie as well, their mother. But what I really saw was their tremendous love for God and his word. That really came out in the book. Which... Well,
4: and, and, and you know, when we, it's in the book, but when, you know, after shortly after we told the boys, in fact, the same day, uh, we drove up to Duluth which is up on the North Shore that's kind of a, one of our favorite places to go and I had, I had gone to bed that night I was very ill and Rosie knows more about this than I do because I was I was sleeping at the time or trying to sleep but um, you know Alexander being on his knees for an hour and a half praying for me and 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 Bennett praying as well and I guess what, what I what I learned through this process and what I observed was I didn't understand the depth of their faith until this happened. Mm-hmm. I, I knew they were, you know, young men of Christ, but I never understood the depth that, 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 that they were at and that was very evident in this journey.
0: And how old were they at that time?
4: They were thirteen and ten. Yeah,
0: tremendous. That's really wonderful to have children that age to have a love for God and a desire to pray and yeah. and line their we've, thinking up.
3: We've been blessed. A lot of it comes from the community, the school community, um, which is a sort of church for our family. Um, it's Bethany Academy. It's a K twelve school, mm-hmm. um, a non denominational school. And so, when you're in a non denominational inter denominational school, you really stay to to certain places that you know that that each denomination can say, yes, this is true. And what that allows you to do is strip away all legalism and concentrate on a relationship with Christ. So I'm extremely thankful that they're in this environment because that's all they know is mm-hmm. is to walk with the Lord and, um, and that He sustains them in all things. Now, are they perfect? No. Do they know that? Yeah. Right. But, you know, they're normal boys, but they go to Him in times of trouble and in times of joy. And Gary and I could be more thankful for that. What what more does a parent want than
0: that? Now, in the book, in the section, Our Steps to Healing, uh, you list 10 steps. Could you summarize those for our listeners?
3: Sure, sure. Um, you know, the the first thing that I was very aware of was that uh, in the healing ministries, many people will say, well, do this and this and this, and you'll have your healing. And, and it can be very misleading because it's, it's a control factor for for us, and it's not a it's not allowing God to be his creative, amazing self. In the Bible, he never healed anybody the same way twice. Uh, so my, the first step is to really seek the Lord, to ask him how he would like um, to work with you in your response, in your situation, in your circumstances, because it doesn't just have to be cancer. It can be financial woes. It can be a wayward child. It can be a marriage that is... Um, falling apart, it can be so many different things. And when we go to the Lord and we're really seeking Him into the circumstances that we're in, He, he may have a completely different path for you than what He had for Gary and I. But that's the first, absolute first step, is to seek Him. Mm-hmm. Um, the second for what He asked Gary and I to do uh, was to go through all of the healings in the Bible. And He had certain healings and certain aspects of those healings jump out at us. The one that's one of, there's two in particular, the the man on the cot, I, I can't remember, I think it's Mark, where his friends tear open the roof and, and bring this gentleman down into the midst of Jesus. Right. And that was the beginning. It was that scripture that made me so defiant to Gary and say, we are getting a carrying bridge set up, it, it will be the prayers of our friends that bring you into the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so that, that one was very important, and the desire of the woman who touched his cloak, you know... She was at her wits end. I just can't even imagine the situation that she had had to bear for eighteen years and it was she just needed to touch him, so it was that desire for us we were at our wits' end that we had nowhere else to go except to the presence of God and to just say if you just if we can just touch your cloak, Gary will be healed so mm-hmm. that's very important to do and there's so many, uh, there's so many healings in the Bible, and they're all there for a reason. God, God designed. So there's something there for you. Uh, God's promises is huge because not everybody knows the Bible, and um, the and what you'll need to speak over yourself. You might be confused one day. There's you know prayers on confusion. You might be depressed. You might be, you know, there's all the different emotions that we have, and there's scriptures for each one of those. You know, again, praying for getting your families to pray and friends. This is, um, we have come up against this many times in our walk since we've um, come through healing, is that there's many people who do not reach out, who do not include others in their journey. And it's kind of a fierce American independence, I guess, but it really puts you apart and you really are missing allowing others to love on you. So that's really important to do. And then what is very unique, we have found this many times that people were very surprised by this is that Gary and I spend a lot of time in repentance. So when you get your sin out of the way, you are able to go further into his presence. So spending a lot of time in repentance was enormous for us. And then uh, putting on your armor every day, our family came under a lot of attack. And um, I'm pretty sure now that we, you know, had this healing and the book is going out and there's a reason for it. God or Satan certainly didn't want us to be victorious through God. And so putting on your armor every day, the blood of Christ over the health of your mind and your body and your spirit, your intellect, your will, your emotion, your finances, your identity. You know, covering yourself in the blood of Christ is essential, plus um, what Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 tells us to do as well. And then um, really being conscious of the words that we spoke and the words that we confessed. Just as it's important if God spoke the word into being, what we speak sometimes can speak things into being. And it's saying to the spiritual world that I agree with this. So we had to be very careful when people would say, you know, well, he, you know, this is the diagnosis of cancer's terminal, and I'd say, well, thank you very much, I don't believe that.
1: Mm-hmm. You
3: know? And so we just tried never to give in to anything that was not of God, or what we felt wasn't of God at that time. And so. Then the rest of it is walking in gratitude. It's really important to be worshiping and praising and being grateful for the situation that you, even the situation that you have. And, you know, a lot of people think the last the last two are kind of silly, but laughter was huge for us. You know, one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. So we laughed. You know, sometimes it was um, inappropriate. Sometimes it was cutting. Sometimes it was just silly. But we laughed about everything and tried to stay in as much joy as that as we could in the midst of the suffering and sometimes that was a very intentional position for gary and for i mm-hmm. and then and then standing you know we we would love miracles to happen instantaneously and thank goodness they do for many 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 people in our case you know again he was asking us to get into the fire walk around a little bit and then we would smell some of uh, smoke so for those who are not receiving an instant miracle to really stand in your victory until until you have your answer
0: well thank you for sharing those various things that you utilized in your heart in your life to, to see the deliverance and the situation also in the book uh, you have a section where you list many many healing scriptures is there one scripture verse above all others that stands out that maybe had the greatest effect in your story of deliverance
3: you know, um, there is. It's Jeremiah thirty seventeen and I'm going to just paraphrase because there's so many different translations of it, but um, basically it says, His will is to bind our wounds and heal our diseases. And so it was the scripture that I woke up with one morning was sure that that meant God was going to heal Gary, and um, it really was the beginning of our journey. So that was the scripture that we said many, many times. And it's really important because there's so many times in the Christian world where people will say, "Um, but not my will, but yours. And that's very important because God is sovereign. And yet at the same time, he says in his scripture over and over again, Psalm 103, I mean, there's so many scriptures about his will to heal us. Right. And it could be physical, it could be um, emotional, it could be spiritual, it could be inner healing. But his will is to heal. Mm -hmm. And so I don't... I never want to tell God the end of His healing. I'm just going to ask for it all and see what I'm left with, right? Because He's, he's miraculous. He's, that's who He is. So for us, um, to remind
4: ourselves of His nature and His will is to heal us.
0: Can you tell us a little about a Breath of Hope Foundation?
4: So this is an organization I'm very excited about, and I've been, I've been affiliated with them for, I think, around three years. It's a Minnesota-based organization focused on lung cancer, and they're focused on supporting medical research, uh, uh, patient support, and raising awareness for the disease. So one of the, one, in terms of awareness, one of the things, one of the barriers with raising uh, research dollars for the, you know, federal and otherwise money for cures for this disease is this outdated stigma that only smokers can get lung cancer and you know we're finding out not only through my my personal experience but you know statistically speaking that lung cancer is on the rise with with non-smokers especially young women if for whatever reason they're still trying to understand this why young women are are getting lung cancer non-smokers you know our our philosophy is if if you have if you have lungs and you breathe, you can get lung cancer. It's not a smoker's only disease anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So it's in a you know. So I'm a member, I'm a board member, and I'm part of their medical research team.
0: Okay, and what is the website for that organization?
4: Yeah, so it's a it's a Breath of Hope Lung Foundation, and it's a Breath of Hope dot org.
0: I'll put a link up on our website for that. Wonderful. Now, what would be the best way for a listener to contact you or if they desired to order the book?
3: If they'd like to order the book and just read a little bit about our story before they order, uh, they can go to rosiebrausen.com. Oh, and that's rosie, R-O-S-E-Y, Browsen, B-R-A-U-S-E-N.com. And we also have a Twitter account, Praying for Healing with Praying 4 with the numeral,
4: numeral 4. The book, is, the book is also available at Amazon.com. It's in Barnes & Noble stores.
0: Okay, I'll put links up for both of those websites, uh, rosybrowsing.com as well as Amazon. I'll have a direct link right to the book there, too. Oh, great. Well, thank you, Gary and Rosie, for sharing your hearts and life today. I really appreciate it. It's been a wonderful conversation. Well,
3: thank you. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for having us.
0: Oh, you're we welcome. I just
3: pray that whoever's listening to the show, it, that if you're going through a circumstance that is difficult, uh, to seek the Lord in your circumstance and to trust Him that He is a living God and that He is there with you and will walk you through that His grace is sufficient. And nobody understands what that line means until they've walked through something difficult and have felt the presence of the Lord in it, that His grace carries you through it.
0: Amen. God bless you. And- thank you for joining us today on the solution radio show and thank you to gary and rosie Broson for sharing their heart and life with us today all of the solution radio shows they are archived at the solution dot com where you may listen at your convenience there are also links to the websites of our guests musicians and sponsors also on the website there's a page for upcoming events we have one listed I have the privilege of teaching three evenings on the book of Thessalonians and the awesome hope we have of the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Those will be this upcoming Tuesday evening, February 23rd. It will also be Tuesdays, March 8th and March 15th at Grace Christian Fellowship in Naperville. A reminder that the praise line is open 24 hours a day where you may call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life. The number is 844-705-3410. We will play some of those testimonies in upcoming shows. Please continue to keep in your prayers the expansion of the Solution Radio Show. We have listeners all throughout the world as well as many, many states in the United States. Our mailing address is The Solution Radio Show, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois 60567. There is also a donation link available on our website. We are thankful and appreciate your support both in your prayers and financially. Have an awesome rest of your day. God bless you. You are God's very best.